0: To Total Teen Health and Wellness, the podcast for parents of teenagers to learn more about how medical and mental health issues are affecting their teen children. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, and I'm an adolescent medicine physician providing essential education and helpful guidance to parents of teens and young adults. This podcast encourages parents to empower their teen children to live healthy and balanced lives. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, your host of Total Teen Health and Wellness. Today is episode 15. We're going to talk about why young adults need to see their doctor before heading off to college. What's so important about getting ready for college from a medical and mental health perspective? I see patients in my office starting at age 10, and I see them all through those secondary school years, middle school, high school. And so many of my patients graduate from high school and are getting ready to head off to college soon, especially this season of summertime is a time of checking in with the doctor, getting things squared away, getting everything updated before moving off to college and starting that next phase of their lives. So an important thing, of course, is kind of having a basic medical exam because we want to update their vaccinations. There are meningitis vaccines that need to be updated before college. We also may have some forms that they need filled out for school to be medically screened, essentially saying that they are healthy and well and not needing additional assistance at school for medical reasons. And some schools actually require screening for tuberculosis, which In my community, there are very low rates of tuberculosis, but we do offer that screening and get those things um, reported for the school intake. But one thing I want to talk to teens directly about is them really understanding their own health. In adolescent medicine, I work with teens to empower them to start managing their health and understanding kind of what's going on in medical visits with their health or medical history and empowering them to be able to manage many of those things on their own. Of course, in college, they're going to be more independent. They're going to have to navigate things that relate to medicine and their health on their own, and we want those patients to be prepared for that. So basics are making sure that patients know their own medical history. They know what they're diagnosed with. They know things they've had in the past as far as diagnoses go. They know what their surgeries are that they've had, any hospitalizations, anything in the family history that's relevant if a parent or sibling has a health issue they should really be aware of that so if that's too much and too complicated for a young person to remember that's important for them to have that listed down saved as a note on their phone or a document on their computer that they can refer to so that they are aware of how their medical history might be affecting them. In line with that, it's important for patients to know their own medications. I prescribe all kinds of medications. might be birth control pills. It might be acne medicine. It might be ADHD medication. And as a patient becomes a young adult, they really do need to know what they take as far as the actual name and the dose and how they take it so that they can report that to other physicians and people that see them and want to care for them. They also should know their medical allergies and food allergies. Um, Food allergies, of course, are typically pretty well-defined, and kids know. And by that age, they're doing very well in monitoring what they eat and making sure they avoid things that they're allergic to. But medication allergies also need to be noted. And sometimes those are allergies that were noted and documented at a very young age. So an 18-year-old doesn't really know that, For example, they have an amoxicillin allergy that they had a rash when they were two years old. So you're knowing that and having that written down for them to refer to can really help them manage their health independently. Also, especially for students that are going away to school and are going to be away from home, it's good for them to know what their health resources are at school. I think most college campuses do a good job of orienting students to this as far as student health services, student mental health services. And so really understanding that that's um, a point of care for them and that's a point of access that they need to be able to access when they need it. The other is um, them identifying a pharmacy that they will be using when they're at college, because often patients will need to pick up medication to continue on their chronic medications, or if they go see a doctor and get new medications, they need to know what pharmacy they're going to use. So it's good to talk through, you know, if you're sick, if you have a cold, if there's a COVID concern, other things that come up, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go get care? And some of that would be on campus, or it might be off campus at an urgent care or even with a general doctor that they establish with away from home. I also talk to patients in general about over-the-counter medicines, and that can be a pretty broad discussion, but briefly, just them understanding Tylenol and ibuprofen for fever and pains and headache, some over-the-counter allergy medicines that they might need to take, over-the-counter stomach medicines as far as medicine for heartburn or for diarrhea and um, other cough and cold medicines, just that they're aware of what's available, what they might have on hand in case they need it, and how to use those medications appropriately. In the general, most teenagers haven't really thought of these things. They've had a lot of it done for them by their parents. And so there are learning steps along the way as they grow in independence. But in a visit before college, I really work with patients to better understand how they can be prepared. Then, once students move to college, it's important for them to think about how things on campus and some behaviors can affect their safety. So I have very direct conversations, and usually these are conversations one-on-one with patients about safety that relates to sexuality, substance use, and drinking. So. Many patients have not had sex before college, but they think that they might have more opportunity to or interest in having sex. And I talk to patients about the two main parts of safe sexuality. One is for girls to be on birth control, some form of contraception before they start having sex. And then also we talk about the use of condoms that's important to use every single time they have a sexual encounter to prevent the spread of sexually transmitted infections, which are infections that I diagnose every week. Every week I have patients that are dealing with different STIs that often they don't even realize that they have, but they've been in contact with and then are positive on exams that we do. We also talk about safe drinking of alcohol. Of course, being under 21 is underage, and my college freshmen that are heading off to school are 18, 19 years old but we know that students on college campuses have a lot more access to alcohol than they would at home living with their parents. They have more freedom, more access, and they're likely going to be around alcohol. So I asked patients, what are your thoughts on this? How do you think that's going to fit for you? And some patients say, you know, I don't like it. I've tried it. It's not for me. I'm not really concerned about it. And so I said, you know, that's, Great that you have a good, clear idea of what's the right fit for you. When it comes to risky things and things that may affect their safety, it's very important for young people to really think about what is best for them before they're put into those situations. So if I have a patient tell me that they are really not interested in drinking, then we might just talk about, real briefly, about avoiding parties, avoiding drinking, and just really focusing on more for a legal issue as far as it being illegal, and you could get in trouble if you're around it. Uh, For patients that are drinking or think that they will try alcohol, there are some guidelines that I give patients, and this is very kind of specific guidance. One is to avoid drinking hard liquor, because hard liquor, of course, is stronger, and patients can have larger volumes of it where they really get more alcohol in their system than they anticipate. And then there's risk of alcohol poisoning, risk of injury, and other safety issues. I also recommend patients to slow down their drinking, that they should never drink more than one drink per hour, and they should follow every drink with water or sparkling water. The other part about safety that we worry about is having drinks that are spiked or or contaminated. And so for patients, I recommend that they never take a drink that's prepared at a party, that they're either standing there as the other person serves the drink, or they serve it themselves. There is risk of patients being drugged or laced or other things. And so, of course, that's a huge safety concern, especially for girls. And I just want them to be aware of the real reality with that risk. The other piece is to never leave a drink unattended. So if they set their drink down at a party and they come back to it, that drink should really go in the trash and they should go get another one if if that's what they're choosing to do. Um, The other thing that deals with campus safety in general is that girls especially should kind of work as a team. That if they go to a party, that they check on each other, they're going to be each other's support, and they should never leave anyone behind at a party. They should always kind of have a pact with their group so that they are staying safe and that they're not in situations that could be unsafe or risky to them. I also talk to patients about the risk of marijuana. Many of my patients go to college in states where marijuana is legalized for recreational use, and they will have more access. They will have more access and opportunity to to use marijuana in different forms. So as far as guidance goes, I want them to know the real risk that marijuana use, especially when it's heavy use, can have on their mental health. The teen brain and young adult brain in college students is still developing, and their brain is not fully mature until age 24 to 25. And so during those college years, if they're using marijuana, that can set them up for risk for other mental health concerns. It can worsen depression. It can worsen anxiety, worsen paranoia. It can isolate people and decrease their motivation where they're just real apathetic for school and for being engaged with campus life. It can also increase the risk of developing an addiction, not necessarily an addiction to marijuana, which can happen, but more that it turns on the reward pathway in the brain that increases the risk of addiction to other substances. There have been many studies that with heavy use of marijuana, patients also have an increased risk of long-term, serious mental illness that can lead to schizophrenia and the like. And when patients hear about this, they then start realizing it's not just a fun, simple, benign thing that they might think it is. Uh, In general, marijuana use is pretty prevalent, and it's minimized. And many patients think it's not that big of a deal. And they need to know that if they experiment with that, and especially build a habit of heavy or daily use, that's going to have some real impact on their mental health. Moving into another area of guidance that we provide at the pre college visit is academic guidance. So, you know, I tell patients that one of the big challenges when patients transition from high school to college is the change of schedule and the change of pace. And so, it's really important for them to actively work on building good time management skills. Hopefully they've been practicing those skills and working on them throughout high school, but in college it really gets tested. So I have patients think about how is their day-to-day schedule gonna look like? When they have classes, how might they use their time in between classes? How can they make sure that they're getting up on time? How will they keep track of their work? All of these things are important for them to be successful in college, and if they haven't really thought about them, Often that will affect how they do in college. Um, it's also good for them to remember that there are advisors at college that can help them. So if they're struggling or not knowing kind of how to transition well, college advisors are a good resource. Uh, there are so, also are academic accommodations at college that could be available, and so having them just even know that that's a resource, an option for them, would be, would be advised. We go over self-care, which I know you've heard me talk about on this podcast, but these are basic things that can really go awry in college and affect patients' physical and mental health. Sleep, of course, is one that I harp on at every visit and with every encounter and throughout this podcast. But many teens, of course, are staying up very late in college, sleeping late, or they're staying up very late and not getting enough sleep. And so having them understand that as an adult, they need to protect that time. Sleep is important for them to be at their best function and to be able to learn and be engaged, have a positive mood, lower anxiety, all of these things that they know can help them feel well, is keeping care of of sleep. And of course, some teens kind of struggle with that they may go through some rough patches before they figure out really how good sleep and adequate sleep is going to affect them. But I want them to hear it for me that sleep is going to help them feel better physically and mentally. Nutrition is also something that's a big adjustment in college because many teens have not had the independence with choosing what they eat and when they eat um, because it's been more dictated by their school schedule or by their parents. And so having them understand how they need nutrition for their body to function well. And it's about having good access to nutrition, whether they have a meal plan, how to have some balanced meals, how to really eat often enough. And most young people do need to have three meals a day, plus two snacks, essentially eating every four hours is really how the body is designed. And so having those types of you know, ideas in place so that they understand. These are important things for me to do to take care of myself so that I feel well, and I'm at my best both physically and emotionally. And then the final piece of self-care that I talk about is exercise. Many patients do get quite a bit of walking on college campuses, but, for example, um, if patients have stopped their athletic career because they're done playing their sport, they may not really know what they want to do with exercise, or they may have a real change in their level of activity as they wrap up their high school sports careers. And so I talk to them, you know, it's a time to try something new. They often will have access to a gym on campus, or they might be interested in some off-campus fitness. They might get involved with some type of active club on campus where they're going to be playing ultimate frisbee, for example, or a volleyball club, or a running club or however they want to stay active but really thinking about how to move most days and get some physical activity built into their day-to-day schedule at college. So as you can see in the pre-college visit we go over quite a bit besides just general medical issues. We talk a lot about safety, we talk a lot about guidance, academics, self-care and also getting their medical piece up to date and screened for college so if you have someone in your life who is getting ready for college the summer is an awesome time for us to see them we're available it's a lot of what we do getting students ready for college and I hope now you better understand what those visits are like and why they are so important I look forward to next time thanks for listening today If this episode helped you better understand the health of your teen and you're ready to learn more, please subscribe to hear future episodes of this podcast. Consider sharing it with other parents of teenagers. And remember, parents can help their teens live healthy and balanced lives.